Think about where you want to go, like what's your end result? Maybe it's a year out, maybe it's two, maybe it's five years out, you're going to publish your book. But based on when your end goal is, just start to break it down into little pieces and try to do something, whether it's 15 minutes a day or an hour a week or five hours a week, whatever that time frame is, as long as you're contributing and you're, you're making progress, you'll find that it suddenly creeps up on you one day that you're like, wow, I've got like seven of 10 chapters done. They might be rough, but you've got them down. And that's the, the, the point is just to get going. Hey there, I am Cindy Coaches, and I am the host of Pen to Paper Press podcast. Best-selling authors, writers, editors, and publishers join me in my virtual studio for conversations about the process of developing our stories to completing our works of art. Today's conversation will tug on heartstrings. My guest, Sarah Wall, and I talk of a sensitive topic. It is on miscarriage, and we do share our emotional vulnerability, and we also talk about the healing process from the death of our children and how to comfort grieving parents. This episode, just like any of the others, is an opportunity for us to explore insights, pearls of wisdom, and the experiences we've had on our journey from putting pen to paper and accomplishing our goals. Enjoy today's episode. Sarah Wall is the author of Life Reboot, an inner wisdom guide to finding your passion and purpose, and Guided by Love, a journey through duality. She's also an international speaker and leadership coach empowering the next generation of leaders. It is so wonderful to have you join me in the Pen to Paper Press virtual studio. Sarah, how are you? <laughs> Hi, Cindy. I'm doing well. Thanks. Thanks for having me today. You are so welcome. It is an honor and a privilege to, to have you here. I've known you for a long, a long time. And um, the two books that you have written fall into two different genres. Your Life Reboot is a self-help book offering strategies to go inward, while Guided by Love is a memoir centered on love and loss. Can you share with us what the writing process was like for your first book? Yeah, it was, um, the process was actually born probably about 15 years before I actually started writing, and I didn't know it at that time. Uh, it was based on about 10 years of my uh, journals that I would write in almost daily when I was traveling. And a lot of those travels were in India. And I would write uh, in, in coffee shops. I would just write uh, when I was staying in the ashram. I went there to do my yoga teacher training initially and um, also got involved. We started up an organization and built a school in India. So it, it's part travel uh, memoir, but also at the same time I'd launched... Uh, around the time I was publishing, I had launched my coaching business. And I thought it would be a nice compliment to to help showcase my teachings from yoga and my learnings over the last 20 years. So fast forward, uh, you know, to 2017, 15 to 20 years later, I came across this uh, course on on Facebook to attend a, a writing seminar. And it said, yeah, you, you can publish your book. And, and I'd always had it in my mind, I would publish my book one day. 
And I thought, this is the day I'm going to take it. So I went on a weekend long workshop and, and that really sparked the, the start of my process. And in that workshop, I learned, you know, how to put together your ideas and how to outline the book because I had hundreds and hundreds of pages of, of writing and I didn't really know how to put it together. So it, it was very structured through a course that I learned how to do the chapter outline. A lot of it was free writing. So you just take the ideas and you write them down. Um, don't worry if they're right or wrong. And, and within, believe it or not, like 20 minutes, I had my chapter outline. And then I took another hour uh, to go through and, and write out key bullet points uh, for each chapter. Now, that doesn't mean it took 20 minutes to write the book. <laughs> but in, an, in about an hour, I had the, the outline and structure written down on paper, which was enough of a blueprint to get me going. And from there, I started transcribing using uh, voice to text all of my journal entries. So after that, that took quite a few months to get that uh, written down. And of course, the, the transcribing wasn't perfect. There's a lot of mistakes. <laughs> but I had my first draft, really, really rough draft at that point. And it, I think it started at about 600 pages. And I went through and I started almost methodically. I have a, you know, a creative side and a very mathematical side. So I started looking with my chapter outline on, on one side and, and looking at all of this, uh, essentially a mess of, of my voice to text uh, experience and started putting pieces and cutting and pasting where I think thought these sections could go and, and to start to build the story. So it really distilled that 10 years down into um, 11 chapters in the end. And it was really my, my journey of, of going to India over those years and, and my own process of learning and getting over uh, a difficult relationship at the time, um, dealing with a partner that, that had uh, drug addiction issues and really how my yoga meditation had helped me and then the yoga and meditation piece also played into my writing process as well, because if I was feeling stuck or not knowing, you know, what to do next, sometimes there was overwhelm because there was just so much content and I had to organize it. I, I would put it aside for a day or two or a couple of days and just tap into the, the consciousness with my meditation and say, you know, what is my next step with my book? What do I need to do now? So rather than worry about having all of the steps lined out and how I was going to finish it, um, usually in meditation within the next day or two, that answer would come and it could be, okay, just focus on, you know, like chapter one right now, or it would, it would spark an idea of something else that I wanted to research. Okay. So it, it was my first time going through and, and uh, I also was participating in a group coaching program through this, this workshop so we, we could help uh, bounce ideas off each other and, and uh, you know, we had someone to support us. Interesting. And I, and I love that you, you know, did the dictation from your journal entries and obviously you didn't record everything in your journal, but you highlighted the, the topics that fit the outline of your book that's actually I guess I wouldn't I wouldn't have thought of that because what I've been doing with my book is I am writing you know I'm basically reading the journal and typing it out so mm -hmm. but to use the voice oh my gosh the amount of time that would save <laughs> It was a lot faster. I started typing at first, then I thought, no, there's got to be a better way because I could just sit and relax and talk, right? And it was good just to talk things out. And, and the way it ended up was each chapter is introduced with an actual journal, journal entry that is relevant to that chapter. It, it's been edited a little bit, but it's mostly raw voice. 
And then the rest of the chapter is a reflection on that journal entry and then uh, an exercise that the readers can go along and, and, and participate. So it, it, it brings people into my story, but also encourages the reader to self-reflect if they're maybe on a similar journey and then exercises to help them move forward in their life as well. Right, right. So with your second book, when you first set out to write it, because I've read your book, I know your book inside and outside, I, I'm curious, when you started to write this, and then is how you envisioned the book, did it follow the end product? Of no, not at all. This was a very different process. <laughs> I, I still had in mind the, the blueprint and, and the process to, to free write and get the chapters down. And I'd started down that, that path. And originally, it was intended to be about um, my experiences growing up in Ireland, which is a country divided, uh, still is today, but to a much lesser degree than it was before, by religion and politics, and uh, specifically Belfast. So my original intention for that book was to revisit my childhood and my relationship to God and religion, because I always saw it as a, you know, a point of separation. It was just, I'm a spiritual person, but not religious. And, and some of my upbringing um, and experiences, I think, have led me down this particular path. So I wanted to explore that. Really, it was the topic of division. And I'd started writing again, I had a few hundred pages and this wasn't from journal entries, but it was more research based and it was really going down a road of uh, more of like an academic book and I just wasn't resonating with the content. It wasn't feeling right. And I took a month off to attend a writer's retreat in Brazil and uh, that was February 2018 was my first adventure there. and. A lot of things happened. This could be another book in itself, some of the drama that I experienced in the writer's retreat, but all in all, it ended me, it caused me to end uh, the retreat early and leave with some of the other artists. It just was not a good environment and uh, it was really hard to focus. And that led me in a, into a scenario where I, I got on a bus and went to this little town called Parachi in Brazil. It's a couple of hours south of Rio. And I got myself into a beautiful guest house and I finally had peace, I could write. And still the content, I was struggling with it. It wasn't going where I wanted to go. I, for me, it's much easier to write from my own personal experience. And, and I was trying to do that, digging back into my childhood, but I was just being very research focused on you know, the religion and the politics side. So I put it aside for quite a while, quite a few months and um, ended up just getting back to, you know, my, my day job and my life and uh, ended up meeting someone, uh, a partner in Brazil at that time, that, that first uh, visit. And little did I know that it took me on a whole other journey and caused me to go back to Brazil uh, two or three more times in the sp space of about a year and a half. And I was chipping away at the book. I, I still was trying to make efforts and, and to get it, uh, you know, forward, moving forward with completion, but uh, I decided just to put it aside in the end. And life took some interesting turns in, in Brazil. Um, I ended up with my partner, I went to live there about a year later in January of 2019. And we ended up getting pregnant. And uh, to cut a long story short, uh, Without getting into all the details, because uh, this is a difficult topic for me to talk about, and it still is today, but 
what I originally wanted to start out with was visiting uh, separation uh, because of religion and politics in my upbringing. But what the book ended up being about uh, when I published it just last year, which was around September 2020, was my own separation from myself and essentially part of my spirituality. And it was how I reconnected to God and my, my belief and my, my spirituality through experiencing uh, tremendous loss. So within the span of, of you know, three months, I had found out my partner was having an affair and I also suffered a miscarriage. And after getting back from Brazil and going through that, that summer, I, I decided that my book had to change direction completely and I had to write about my experiences. Uh, it was the only way I thought to get through the, the grief and in dealing with the feelings of loss. And if, you know, a few months after coming back from Brazil, so this was about April, April, May timeframe, I wasn't, you know, starting and jumping into writing thinking, you know, I'm going to write just so I can share my story. I, I just wanted to write and keep it to myself because it's the way I process my feelings and it's the way I, I learned to heal. And similar in the first book, when I, uh, you know, was dealing with feelings of getting over an abusive relationship. So a long answer, the, the processes are very different. It, it did not turn out to be what, what I originally intended it to be, but I, I think it turned out how it was meant to turn out because not only has it greatly helped me with, with um, you know, some milestones in my healing, but my hope is that people reading it will, you know, be able to identify with my story um, and also know that there is light at the end of the tunnel. There is hope past death. Yeah. And each of us goes through grief there's aspects that are, are similar. It's a very intimate process and no two people go through it the same way. And yeah. um, I know that when I read your book, um, even though my son had died, you know, he was 29 at the time. I still, when I read your book, I was there with you. I, I was in the room with you and and I'm sobbing. I mean, I, when I'm reading your book, because even though the, the, the aspect of, of the age difference, it's still a loss and it's still our children. And it, it was, it was very, um, it was very moving. And, and I, I appreciate your vulnerability and, and sharing that here because it's not something that's easy to talk about. And, you know, there's a lot of issues with um, struggling through grief and, and getting, you know, we want it to just like, you know, snap our fingers and it to be over so desperately. <laughs> I can't tell you how often I've just wished it would just go away. And it doesn't, it, it mm -hmm. doesn't go away. And, you know, I, like you, write. That's how I get my emotions out of my system and, and turn it into something outside of myself, you know, to get those thoughts out of my, out of my head. So what are what are some things that you would like people to know who are struggling with grief you know what are what are some suggestions or how would you you know what kind of wisdom would you share 
Yeah, I mean, it's a big question and a big topic, as you know, and uh, just some of my recent observations, um, someone I know recently lost a daughter of 15 and her, her grief has been quite public on social media. Oh. And I've been seeing some of the comments that people are posting and it, it's triggered me, right? So th there's a few lessons from this. One is I'm at a certain stage in my healing journey. It's a journey, it's, it's you mentioned early, it's, it's unique to everybody. So whatever I'm gonna say here is not necessarily advice, it's my experience. And you know, people, if it helps them, that's wonderful. But I can never tell anyone how to feel or how to experience their own grief. It's so unique. And with this particular woman, what triggered me was the comments from people saying, "Stay, str stay strong, get over it, move on." And it's been a week, and and that just it brought tears to my eyes because this poor woman is struggling, and and her pain is very public. And and she said, "How do I move on? It's been two weeks." And there's more comments: "Stay strong, you know, you've got this. God is God has your back." And I, I had to stop myself. I wanted to just reach out and say, let her cry. Let her experience this, you know, let her fall apart. It's you're supporting her. And I think even though people mean well, when they want to support someone who's going through something, I don't believe there's any bad intentions here. They're trying to pick her up and lift her spirits. But I think for anyone supporting someone going through grief is the person may not always want to hear move on or be strong or even worse, there's a reason for this, you know, it's God's plan, right? Yeah. Um, sometimes the best thing you can do is say nothing. If you're with them, ask if they want to hug, ask how they, you can support them. Um, maybe they just want to, you know, have an ear and, and have you listen. Um, and the other thing is comparing your own story. If someone shares something really, really vulnerable with you, like they've just lost a child or, or anything else, oh yeah, that happened to me. Or, you know, I've, I've been talking to a few women and, and they have shared their, their stories. It's been beyond because we've already been talking about this and, and we've been able to, to bond because the more people I talk to, I'm getting more comfortable with it now over time, but I'm you know, still feeling a little bit even nervous now and, and, and apprehensive and talking about it because it's a tough topic. But um, immediately jumping into your story because it takes away from what that person is trying to, to share. Yeah, um, now that doesn't mean you can't bond over it and, and have a shared experience, but it's, if someone's telling you something really tough for the first time, maybe try not to jump into your story. It, it, yeah. it really takes away and diminishes um, their, their pain. And I guess their right to, to grieve. like this could be the first time they're sharing it with somebody. So I suppose that that's um, lessons for, you know, people that are supporting people that are going through this, just what didn't work for me, you know, but that's not to say that someone saying be strong, that might work very well for somebody else, right? I, I, it's not for me, for me to judge that, but I'm just sharing what, what has triggered me. Yeah, and, and I wholeheartedly agree with you. Um, you know, because then we were like, am I doing this right? Am I doing this wrong? Is my story not as a value as your story? You know, let me have my moment to, to just, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and yeah, when we do share those details, we are at our most vulnerable and it is not easy for us to open up. No parent that, that is in that grieving state, um, it's not easy. Because, you know, for me, it's, it's the judgment, 
um, behind it. What, what could you have done better, you know, as a mom? And it's like, when I, and, and that's something that, that's mother's guilt. And, and it doesn't matter how, we're not built to bury our children. And, and we all wonder what could, and, and fathers as well. Um, what could we have done different? What, should I have said no instead of yes? Should I have done this or that? The shoulda, coulda, woulda just absolutely destroy our, our, our sense of well-being and mm -hmm. put us deeper into that state of, of spiraling downward, the abyss of grief. And, and again, seeing it like on social media is the stay strong or you'll get over this or this too shall pass or, you know, and you're right. They, those people who are supporting feel that they are supporting. They don't know, they don't know what to say. They don't know the experience firsthand. So, and, you know, I had to learn to honor that and not take it as, and not take it wrong or to mm -hmm. interpret it in a way that wasn't loving and supporting. Yeah. And that's interesting you said that because you also mentioned the word guilt. And, and that's been a big part of this process mm -hmm. is, is even writing. You know, I mentioned when I came back to Canada in April, I had to just put everything aside. I was had to deal with my day to day just functioning. Right. And getting back to uh, a so-called normal life uh, and dealing with my new circumstances. And, you know, six months later, I started writing a lot that summer. So about four months later, and then that's, that August was excruciating because I was writing the two most difficult chapters about finding out about the affair and then the miscarriage itself. And I was reliving it, you know, moment by moment as I was writing. And then fast forward a few months later to the end of the year, you know, I still had moments there, you can be triggered in so many different ways, um, you know, going back to where it happened and, and seeing family or even seeing some friends uh, that I hadn't maybe told yet. Um, and, and there was a guilt if I would cry in the morning, like, why aren't you over this yet? And it's like, why aren't you further along in your journey? So there's points where I've been really hard on myself. Uh, and even today, leading up to this interview, I, I've, I've been in tears all morning and, and thinking, it's, it's going to be two years soon. Like, what, you know, what's wrong with me? And, and it's taking that negative talk of what's wrong with me and that guilt and turning it around, which is part of what I was teaching in the first book and also the second book, I got to listen to my own advice. And, and sometimes you just need a gentle reminder is it's okay to still break down, you know, it's going to happen, but it's, it's how you deal with it. And it's how you choose to move forward. I obviously can't spend every single day crying all day long, but if it comes up, in the morning I wake up and I'm having a sad day, then just allow myself a little bit longer to stay in bed and just feel it. Just have a few moments to cry and, and get it out of my system. And when I feel ready, get up and get on with my day rather than you know saying, get on with it and jumping out of bed and trying to force myself through the day. So that was a huge takeaway is just to be kinder to myself and, and understand that it is a process and it probably will be for the rest of my life in time, as they say, time is a healer. I know it sounds cliche, but uh, in time, I think you learn how to deal with, with some of these triggers and you learn how to deal with these feelings in, in a different way. And it's just a matter of, you know, as they say, getting on with it, but, but in a way that works for you. Right. And it's just shy of four years. And 
I still, you know, there are days where I can't function. I can't function as a human being. And it's everything, it takes everything to, to, to get on with that daily activity that's required of me. And I know people who've lost children much longer and they still go through that and not allowing myself that period, like you said, that, that time to just let the, the more that we suppress the grief and, and the sobbing and questioning why, why is this happening? Why am I triggered now? And it can be silly things that trigger us. It's something as, as watching a two-year-old tip their head back and catching snowflakes on their tongue. You know, that can be a trigger for me. And it's allowing ourselves to just be the emotional wreck that we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's true. And it is, it's a, it's a very personal experience. And, and um, you know, some people have given feedback uh, that they wish I had, had taken counseling uh, when they read the book. They, they said, my heart was breaking for you. I wish you had to seek counseling. So that, that's definitely an option for some people. You know, I would recommend that if that's needed, it wasn't an option that I chose. And I don't think that set me back personally. I do rely on my, my spirituality, my meditation, you know, my relationship with God and, you know, I pray and, and, but again, I'm not a religious person, but, but that's what gets me through. And, and then talking to people. So if, if I am having a day where, uh, you know, I'm upset as I'll tell my partner, because if I don't, I'm going to be acting strange and he's going to be wondering what's wrong, or I'm going to get angry and just, you know, he's going to irritate me in some way because, you know, he doesn't, understand that I'm actually feeling really sad. So I think another um, piece of, uh, I guess, wisdom that you're asking about earlier is what's helped me is being open with the people that, that you uh, love and trust. And when you are having that time, uh, just to share with them what, they're, what you're going through and say, you know what, this, it, it will pass for today. I will get over it. Um, but I'm feeling this way and, and I'm not functioning as my normal self, happy self. Yeah. I'm going to shift our conversation just a little bit. Can we end on a lighter note? <laughs> yes, yes, most certainly we will. You have traveled all over the world. I mean, you've already mentioned um, India, Brazil. You have been all over the world. And I'm curious, where is your favorite place to disconnect sit down with your pen and paper and write where do you love to write <laughs> oh well usually at a beach uh, you know as long as it's beautiful weather and i can smell the ocean and i can feel the sand in my feet that is and there's not a lot of people there obviously i have quiet that's probably one of my favorite places to write and another one is because uh, I've traveled a lot, you know, solo is, is writing either in a restaurant or a cafe. And, and there's it's different than the beach. There's a lot of uh, noise, but it's background noise. And I get my inspiration from people watching and, and just watching what's going on around me. So I might be deep into writing a, a journal entry on something I'm going through or experiencing or my own thoughts. And then I'll look up and see somebody doing something or maybe they're laughing or talking to someone. It'll just trigger another thought and I'll write 
uh, my thoughts about that person, almost imagining what it is that their, you know, their life is like and what they're going through. It's almost like I have characters all around me. Um, and some of those observations then lead to more uh, of my own, you know, personal observations and my self-reflection. So it's a, it's a nice feedback loop to, to write about my own inner thoughts and then observe what my surroundings. I love that because I, I've done that uh, when I've gotten stuck with, uh, when I was writing the, the fictional books, one thing I, w I would do if I got stuck on a character was I would go in and sit in a public area and people watch. You, you find different aspects of people because it's outside of your, your own imagination. You're actually watching somebody you know, do something or, or how they handle something. It's like, oh, that would make a great, you know, element for whoever in the book. It, mm -hmm. it kind of helps add that, that life to, to the characters. Um, so is there anything else that you would love to share for our writers, you know, any tips, any insights, any any wisdom <laughs> that you would love to share um, about about the writing process and getting your works out there? Yeah, a couple of things. I mean, if you're starting out and you haven't written your first book yet, I know there's a lot of the imposter syndrome feeling of who am I to write a book? Can I call myself an author? And one of the things I learned in that uh, weekend sort of writing boot camp I mentioned for my first book is they, they talked about that right out of the gate. And, and they said, you know, a lot of us here probably are having these feelings like, who am I to write a book? And they got us saying that first day, I'm an author. So you could just feel it. I'm an author. And the book wasn't written yet, but just establishing that statement and seeing how that felt in your body. And it felt really uncomfortable. Then, you know, there's a little bit of work you got to do to build up your confidence um, and it did it. It wasn't right the first time. It was like, I'm an author. Oh, really? Am I? No, I'm an author. Say it over and over again. So just vision uh, and envision your end results that you have that book finished and it's published and you've got your story out there. There's, there's an energy behind it, I think, to get yourself in the right mindset and, and to know that you have a story to tell. Uh, I, I'm, I would bet that some of the most famous authors have had these feelings of imposter syndrome before they got their first books published as well. And if you're now in the process of writing a book uh, is try to do something a little bit each day. Or if you are working, you have family, there's so many other competing priorities, try to work out a schedule for yourself so that you can, I'm good, like this week, for example, I'm going to set aside one hour to write. Maybe that's where you start. So don't put too much pressure on yourself. If you can find an hour to set aside, great. At least you're doing something because it can feel overwhelming knowing that you're starting with all of these ideas in your head or maybe in your journals as I did and just not understand how you can get to that finish line. But if you break it out and, and, and sort of have a, as a project manager, I'm always you know scheduling things. So think about where you wanna go, like what's your end result? Maybe it's a year out, maybe it's two, maybe it's five years out, you're gonna publish your book. But based on when your end goal is, just start to break it down into little pieces and try to do something, whether it's, 15 minutes a day or an hour a week or five hours a week, whatever that time frame is, as long as you're contributing and you're, you're making progress, you'll find that it suddenly creeps up on you one day that you're like, wow, I've got like seven of 10 chapters done. They might be rough, but you've got them down. And that's the, the, the point is just to get going. 
and, and just to keep going with that mindset. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just just write and, and get something down. You can yeah. always edit later, as you know, because we've been you've been my, my editor. <laughs> so that's why we have people like you to help us make sense of all of that mess. Yeah, like I mentioned, I know you're guided by love inside outside and it is definitely a very very good book and it does pull the emotions and and you had me you had me in the rooms you had me sitting at the table you had me sitting in the bedroom you had me standing in the bathroom you you know and that it's so important to get us there with you to not only see what's happening but to emotionally be there in the room as well so and your process for writing um is is different than mine in the regard that you you are structured you lay it out generically put but what i really really have to mention is the fact that you were willing to let go of that structure and let the story tell itself once you realize that the book that you were initially writing uh guided by love is the one i'm referring to you know when you realize that you you were writing this historical piece and it wasn't following the path that you had anticipated or you were finding it was a path that you didn't want to, to to journey and so you set it aside and when you picked it up you were willing to say okay what really is the story and where are you going to take me with it and by allowing yourself that is hard to do because we as writers we envision what our book looks like and to let go of that control <laughs> i'm yeah. going to use the word control uh strongly yes and, <laughs> and because both of us are very strong women who who like to you know this is how it is <laughs> this is yeah. how it's going to go and to to let go of that direction and and take that 180 or you know whatever and allow the story to unfold it's not easy to do but yet it is the most freeing thing to do and that is something that i most certainly honor and and do want to mention because that is it's something that people get stuck on you know mm -hmm. is that no no this it's it's not supposed to go that way well maybe it is yeah and for me that was how the creative process really started flowing because as i mentioned it it wasn't i was writing i had pages down but it, I, it wasn't resonating with me and i wasn't feeling excited about it or good about it and i i've got lots of materials should I ever want to write a book that's a bit more based on politics so that's another tip is don't throw your stuff away, even if you you have reams and reams of, of words that you choose not to use, just hang on to it. It might serve as a future book uh, yeah. at some point when the time is right, if and when the time is right. So I still have all that and, and I'll keep it. It may or may not get written. It, it might find its way into another book in the future as well. There you go. It could it could be the, the backdrop for another book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Right now I'm taking a break. Uh, I, I am journaling here and there, not as much as I, I used to. And uh, it's a different mindset. So there, there's the creative process, the writing, the getting it down. Editing, as you know, is a whole other process. Of, and sometimes it can be a few months. Sometimes it could take a year or more. It's just the going back and refining and fine tuning and, and having that other person, especially, is really important to have another editor uh, with a second set of eyes to go through that process with you. And, and that, for me, is is just getting it down, it's pretty rough, but it's down. And then the editing is the refining. And then now I'm in the, uh, the phase where I, it's promotion, you know, it's getting the word out because if I don't tell people about my book, uh, nobody's gonna know about it. So I'm in the, I guess, marketing mindset right now. And this, this is the first discussion. So I wanna thank you for having me because this was, uh, uh, you know, a fun but also tough conversation to have. First time talking about this stuff. Um, it's easy to write about it. I can I can uh, put social media posts out there, but talking is a whole different ballgame. So uh, I just want to thank you for for making this a much easier process than I thought it might be for my first uh, interview. You're very welcome. I I am grateful that you uh, agreed to do this, and uh, and to be open and honest. Thank you so, so very much for your vulnerability, for your strength and your courage, uh, for putting pen to paper, because that is how all of this got started. And how can people find you on the internet? Where can they find you? Yeah, my, my handle, uh, I'm on Instagram and Facebook, uh, at, at Sarah Wall Author. And uh, also on LinkedIn, just by searching by my name, Sarah Wall. So those are the three main channels. I also have a, a website, uh, sarahwallwriter.com. So you, people can contact me there. So there's many different avenues. Oh, it is so good to see your smiling face. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sarah. I appreciate it. Thank you, Cindy. Appreciate your time. You're welcome. Before we end our time together, I'd like to say thank you for joining us. If this podcast resonated with you, be sure to subscribe, share it, and leave us a comment at pentapaperpress.com. Take care, and until next time, know that your words have power and your story matters. Bye for now.